Would you open your Bible with me? I want to share with you something I felt they'll put on my heart. Something that's been of huge value to me and something I think can be of great value to you. I want to, the message is called Speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Everyone's speaking something. You've got to make a decision as to what you're going to let get in your mouth because what you have in your mouth will affect your life. And I want to start just in Joshua 1.8. I understand Brian did a great message last week and was there in Joshua 1, so it's a great place We'll just continue from there. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So notice the outcomes that God is promising, that you will make your way to prosper. Prosper means you go forward. God wants you to go forward. That's his design, is that every one of us goes forward, not backward, and have good success, that life moves well for us. Now, of course, that's not true all of the time, but overall, we can guarantee that if we'll meet God's requirements, there'll be a river of blessing flow through our life. Now, notice what the requirements are. If you will make sure that the Word of God remains in your mouth, that you meditate in it day and night, and then do it. Do all that is in the law. Now, you have to realize that in the Old Testament, to have the blessing of God required that you just obey the law. For us in the New Testament, what's required is, first of all, faith, that we believe God and trust Him, and then we walk in the life of the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. It's just a different basis. On the Old Testament, you were cursed if you didn't keep the law. You were blessed if you did. In the New Testament, we're blessed because of what Christ did. Now we walk out that life. And so applying that to our life, what he's saying is that we need to let God's Word get in our heart, to meditate. Meditation is what gets the Word of God in your heart, opens your heart to receive and to believe God's Word. Speaking it gives utterance and confirms what's in your heart and begins to release the Word of God into your environment. And when we begin to do it, then our life comes into a flow of blessing. Now, I want to pick up from there, and I want to focus particularly around speaking the Word of God and the power of speaking the Word of God. First thing I want you to look at, I'm going to, look in, uh, I'm going to first of all look at uh, one of the key functions of your spirit. Key function of your spirit. In James chapter 2 and verse 26. James 2 and verse 26. Every one of us, we understand how God has designed us. Spirit, soul, body. You're a spirit being. You have a spirit. Your spirit can be weak or strong. Your spirit can be lively or broken. You make decisions about what you do to build your life and build your spirit. Every one of us makes that decision. We all have that opportunity to build our spirit, become strong in spirit. Now, here's notice what it says. It says, the body without the spirit is dead. Now, I won't go into lots of scriptures. I just want to just establish one thing. Your spirit produces life for your body. Your spirit communicates life energy, vitality into your body and into your soul. So we are made to live from our spirit. So when God wants to change our life, doesn't change your body, doesn't change your soul, what he does is he changes your spirit. He empowers your spirit. And so Micah says uh, in chapter 3, he says, I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord. So when God wants to change you, the place he starts is your spirit. So he puts his spirit inside your spirit. And there's a reason for that, because it's from your spirit, life flows to energize your body and your soul. If your spirit's damaged 
or weak, then there'll be an influence or an effect on your body and your soul. I won't go into all of that. I don't want to stay in that zone too long. But just add a few things to it. So your spirit, the Bible says in, in John chapter 7, 38, out of your spirit, innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the life of the Holy Spirit. So every one of us is called to bring forth the life of the spirit. It's from within you. So we need to have a look at our spirit and see what's coming out of our spirit and what's coming out of our life. and what's, Because whatever's in your spirit, in your heart, will flow out. Your spirit can be weak or it can be strong. Your spirit can be very timid or it can be very bold. Your spirit can be defiled or it can be purified. Your spirit can be broken or it can be made whole. Now, we won't go into all the outcomes of that because I don't want to stay there. But the thing is to realize is this. A broken spirit dries the bones. In other words, that if your spirit's damaged, it'll affect your physical health. When the bones are dry, the bones are where the marrow and the blood, the center of your life, begins to be generated from. So if your spirit is damaged in some way, usually by sorrows and traumas, by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken, usually by sorrows and griefs. When the spirit becomes affected, then it will affect your health. It'll affect your soul and your body. So everything is interconnected. What happens to your body will affect your soul and your spirit. You have the flu, you feel miserable, you feel down. Like that, you know, it's really bad. So whatever's in your body affects soul and spirit. Whatever's in your spirit will affect your body and your soul. You realize that they're all deeply interconnected. Now, God's Word has a powerful part to play in shifting what's happening in our life. Our spirit is designed to communicate life and communicate life to ourselves, communicate life to one another. And so through intimacy with God, we can, there can be life flow into our spirit that other people feel. So when you're with people, no doubt they will feel what is inside you. When you come into a meeting like this, whatever's inside you is felt. So here's something that intrigues me. Why do so many Christians live out of circumstances and feelings? Because they've chosen to live in the soul and the body rather than the spirit. You know, it doesn't really matter what is going on around you. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. It's what's going on inside you that really counts. So he said, but you can have courage and confidence because I've overcome. In other words, the capacity to rise above life circumstances lies within your spirit. And if we don't build a strong spirit and value the life of the spirit and learn how to, uh, how to arise in our spirit, strengthen our spirit, and flow from our spirit, then what will happen is you live the other way. Because you're either living from the spirit out to the world or from the world into your spirit. You're either living with the power of God flowing from your life outwards, changing your soul and body and the world around you, or you're living the other way. And only you can make that decision. So I've learned that uh, over years in, in Hastings, I've learned that in winter people get blue. They get down. You know what that tells? It just tells living out of your soul, living out of your flesh, living out of your circumstances. We don't need to be blue because it's winter and then happy because it's summer. That, that, that's not how we're designed to live. We're not designed to live that way. Things are going good, we're happy. Things are going bad, we're down. That, that means you're living out of your soul, out of your circumstance. We're not made to live that way. We're made to live from our spirit and govern our circumstances and govern 
the world around us. So we need to learn how to arise in our spirit, strengthen our spirit, live from inside out, not outside in. Amen? You know, Jesus said, now, here's the thing to realize is that one of the key ways that your spirit communicates around you is through the words you speak. One of the key overflows from within you, from your spirit, are words. And one of the key ways you minister or communicate with the world and with everything around you is through language, through words. So in John 6, 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, the words I speak, they are, they are, they are spirit and life. Okay, so words are, if they come from in your heart, are spirit. If it's just top of the head talk, it's not spirit. So only certain kinds of words are spirit words. You can have empty words, negative words. Negative words have spirit in them, unbelief and bitterness, all kinds of things. You can have words which are just quite empty. There's nothing in them because they're not authentic or real. But when you speak from your heart words that you mean, then something will happen. There's always something is felt. If someone talks to you and they're holding themselves in and they're concealing who they really are and they're not being authentic, you don't feel in those words any spiritual connection whatsoever. But when someone opens their heart, when we have authentic fellowship as believers, there's a flow from your spirit. And that flow from your spirit brings refreshing to others. That's part of the coming into small groups. The power of small groups is when we open, share, share what God's doing, share testimony, share life with one another, there is a refreshing and there's a flow. When you meet with someone and they're guarding themselves, holding themselves in, or just trying to create an impression, you can tell it ain't genuine. There's no, you can feel the lack of spiritual flow. It's absolutely uh, easy to pick up. I have found in working in Asia, I found even though there's a language barrier, even though I can't speak the language, I speak the heart and speak spirit. So people are sharp. I have learned that the Asians are incredibly sharp, very spiritual people. And so they always feel what is in your heart. No matter how slick you might look or try to be, they feel what's in your heart and they can just read you like that. And so all, so in other words, they're spiritual people picking up what's in the spirit. You can always feel it. You feel it. You may not be able to get words to it, but it comes out of your heart. Okay, so let's just move from there. I want to just talk then about the whole issue of the word of God. Why don't you just look at, uh, first of all, Genesis 1-2. So the words we speak. So let's just have a look, and then we'll pick up, and I want to just share just a couple, some simple things which you can put into practice. Genesis chapter 1. And the spirit of God moved or hovered over the face of the deep, and God face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Huh? So, notice how, notice how God brought spiritual, from the spiritual realm, brought a physical world into being. He did it, to, there's two things that are crucial. One was the movement of the Spirit. Spirit of God was present, Spirit of God was moving, and within that, He spoke His Word. And as a result of him speaking his word with the anointing of the Spirit of God on it, there was a bringing from the spiritual world something into being in the physical world. Now, that's in the very second verse of the Bible. So here's the principle, that things from the unseen world of the Spirit make their way into the physical world by words. I'll say that again. Things from the unseen realm of the Spirit make their way into the physical world by speaking words. You can't get away. It's by speaking words. You think about that. 
How do you access the presence of God? Have God touch you? You speak words. He says, come to me with words. Words are crucial for the building of our life. And so we need to think like a builder when we use our language and not be careless with our language. And after I've shared a few things with you, I'll show you some aspects of it. They're very, very simple, but they're very, very profound and deep. They have a huge effect on our lives. And so the thing is that when God spoke his word and the anointing of the spirit, some things began to change. And that's how he creates. That's how he brings things from the realm of the spirit. Now, here's, a, here's the key thing for you. Your words have power to shape your world. Your words already have shaped your world. Your words are shaping your world today. Your words will shape your world for tomorrow. Your words have power to shape your world. Now, let me just show you a few things, very simple things uh, that, for example, just take a couple of examples. When a person gets engaged, how does a person get engaged? Which is a deep, long-lasting contract. They say words. How does a person get married and have a contract and now they're legally, legally recognized? How does it happen? They say words, and why do we write down and fill in a book and sign a piece of paper? It's actually witnessing the words. The words created something, a bond that wasn't there before. The words created a covenant. How does a person get saved? The heart man believes, with the mouth man confesses to salvation. So always there's a speaking words to set things in place. How do, how do commitments get made? By speaking words. If you don't trust the words a person speaks, then you write them down. So they're reminded of them if they try to change them on the way. So that's, that's an example. So the Bible very clearly talks about the power of your words. In Proverbs 18 and verse 21, it says, death and life are imparted to people through words. So you have the power to bless someone. You have the power to cut them down and deeply wound them. They're in your tongue. So think about last week. How many people did you intentionally build up? And how many did you accidentally cut down? Words have power to bring death and life because there's a spirit content to it. Here's the second thing about the words that we have. In James 3, verse 3 to 5, it says, it says if you want to steer a horse, you put a bridle on it. You want to steer a ship, you work the rudder. You want to steer a person's life. The words they speak determine where they go. The words they speak determine the direction of their life. So think about that. So your words can bring life and death. Your words can direct the course of your life. Here's another thing your words can do. Very simple thing in Hebrews 11 verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the world or the ages were formed or shaped by the word of God. So, so that things which we see were made or formed out of things not seen. Now what he's saying then is think that the word of God, which is not seen when it is spoken, brings things into being. The word of God has power to change your life. The word of God has power to shift you. But there's a couple of things on it you've got to understand for this to begin to work in your life. So here's another one, Proverbs 16, 24. The word of God, words, God, words have the power to affect your physical health. Words have power to affect your physical health. So think about all of the things that your life is affected by. Words, words, words impart life. Words build relationships, words destroy them. Think about an argument or a conflict. What is the problem? Words, empowered by an attitude of the heart, by something in the spirit. So we've got power to build people, power to strengthen people, power to do good, power to build up, 
power to shape things. You can shape your world. See which way you like. Numbers 14, verse 27, uh, it tells us there that God spoke to the people of God. So he's not speaking the unsaved. He's speaking to the people of God. And he said, as you spoke in my ears, I will do according to that. I have been listening to everything you said. And he said, I've been listening a long time. And he said, so according to as you're speaking, that's what you'll experience in your life. And they said, we're not able. They said, we can't do it. They said, it's too hard. They said, it's too difficult. They said, oh, I can't see that we're going to get anywhere. They said, it's hopeless. They said, there's giants. They said, all those things. God said, you know what? What you said is right for you. For you. But there were two other people. They were saying different things. They were saying, God is able. The giants are bred for us. If God is with us, then we can do this thing. Notice, there was faith in the heart expressed through the language. Whatever's in the heart, the Bible says, will come out through the words people speak. So if there's faith in your life, then you'll be speaking positively, strongly. You'll be speaking with encouragement. You'll be speaking and bringing life everywhere you go. People will like to be with you because there's faith arisen in your heart. It's wonderful to be around faith people. I remember the first time I met Clark Taylor. I just loved being in his presence because the message was so strong of faith. I could literally feel faith being built inside me, being with him, just hearing him talk. I need to talk to him, just listen. There was a flow of faith from his heart. But notice in this people here, Joshua and Caleb, there was faith in their heart. And notice uh, you would have read uh, possibly last week, I don't know whether you covered it or not, whether Brian covered it or not, but uh, in one part in Joshua chapter 14, after 40 years wandering in the wilderness, Joshua, uh, Caleb said this, my strength to come in and go out has not diminished. I'm 80 years old or whatever it was. He said, I'm as strong as I've ever been. Now that's a strong spirit. And it's affected his body and his health. It's affected his life. And, and so he's able to say, oh, I don't want to give me a, don't give me a plane, give me a mountain. Don't, don't give me the place where it's easy. Give me the place I want to take the giants that stopped everyone 40 years ago. 40 years ago, they saw the giants and he said, I've been wandering in the desert for 40 years because of those wretched giants. Let me at them. You see, that, that is a faith kind of thing. So many people live just out of the circumstance. The circumstance change. Their world's falling apart. Your world is not falling apart. Changed, yes. But now you need to be planning, dreaming, and speaking about what else is happening. You must decide how you will face life and what you will speak about your life. What will you speak about the circumstances? What will you speak about God and what God is doing? See, the people in the wilderness, he said, as you've spoken to me, I'll do to you. It'll be just like that. You were right. They are too big for you. Or putting it another way, every opportunity I gave you to grow, you didn't take it. And now you're declaring what's reality. You're too small to handle these things, which by now you should be able to take. That's that's interesting, isn't it? I wonder how many people here There's things which you should be able to tackle, take on and get victory over, and you still can't. Because each time it comes around, you didn't respond with faith. Now, I've been around long enough to know 
that this is true for every one of us. We all have our challenges. No one is exempt. You might see people and they sit and smile in church, but you don't know what they've faced behind the scenes. You don't know what issues with marriage, with children, with finance, with work, with all kinds of things. But there they are, praising God. In other words, their spirit was able to arise in spite of the circumstances. And I've noticed with such people, after a while, everything shifts and changes, and the problem that was there a while ago is gone. Think about some of the ones you've had, Bryden. I remember praying with you over your land. Get that bit of land originally for the house. Well, there were setbacks and setbacks and setbacks. Even when you had signed up, it looked like it, it just fell over. Disappointment. But I remember Bryden just standing, believing God. And even when the thing that he should have gotten, legally could have pushed for it, fell over, he said, nah, God's got something better for us. I like that. And I've seen the better, and it is much better than what he originally had in mind. See, because he'd never let go of faith that God was at work. I don't always see God at work. Can't always understand what he's doing sometimes. What I do know is that he's faithful. And if you hold his word and hold faith in your heart, you come out just pretty good at the other side of it. You may have matured a bit, lost a few hairs and got a bit grayer, but you come out much better in your spirit. Much better in your spirit. Okay, so the Bible tells clearly of the power of words. And God's word, if you'll speak that, has got even more power. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Now the word of God is living and powerful. Well, you're excited about that, I can say. Dear Lord Jesus. (laughs) Come on, the word of God, see? God's word has power to change your life. So the Bible says it's alive. (laughs) It's not just an empty book. Now, the problem is we read it and don't get anything out of it. We think it's a dead book. I don't understand. This is hard. Too hard for me. And so we quit and give up. But But here's the revelation of it. God's word is quick. It's alive. And it's powerful. And it can sort you out. You just got to let it. You got to do, there's some things you have to do to let it. You got to value it. It's a sword. It's a sword. You speak the word of God sometime to someone and you see if it isn't a sword, they'll bite you back. You, 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 you start to share the word of God with people, you'll be quite surprised that it's a sword, all right. No matter how nice you say it, it's still a sword. It gets, it gets a bite from people, it gets a real big bite. Whoops, then he fell over. Praise the Lord. Okay, here we go. So, so here's the thing. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, what is required for God's work to work in your life? The problem's never the Word of God. The problem's faith in the heart. It says, now, he said, you received the Word of God, not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which works effectually in what? You who believe. So there must be a believing the Word of God in the heart for it to actually have impact in the life. And that's where some of the problem is, is we believe lots of other things to be true. You see, we know God's Word says He loves us, and God loves the world. But your heart may believe something completely different. Actually, I know that in my head, but my heart's saying I'm unloved. Uh, We might see the Word of God say God is faithful. But then your heart is saying, I don't trust anyone. I've been let down too many times. So what is in your heart has to shift, has to change. 
So notice it says it works effectually. That word works is the word energize. In other words, God's word can energize your mind, your soul, your body, your spirit. It can do it, but you've got to believe it. So how, do, how am I going to get that to work in my life? God's word has got power to energize me, fill me with life, fill me up. How am I going to do it? I've got to, let, I've got to work on heart belief, and I've got to work on speaking the word of God. Resting and believing his word, and also making a conscious decision to speak it. Now, one of the problems with, that's come up in the past with people confessing the word of God is they, they put their trust in confessing rather than their trust in the word. And so they end up striving and don't get results and get disappointed. So the key thing is to recognize God's word itself carries the power to change you. All it needed is for me to believe it. And that takes place as I meditate and embrace it and declare it, to speak it. So the mixture of meditating and speaking is what causes the word to become alive and energized in your life. Think about it. So here's the last thing, last point. Train yourself to speak life-giving words. Train yourself. Now, I said, why does that train yourself? Because the tendency is for us to speak negatively and live out of feelings. We need to live by faith. It's faith that pleases God. We need to live by the words God speaks, not by experience. You can have great worship experience. You have, you have ones that aren't so good. It doesn't really matter. God never changed. I can still trust Him. Still walk with him. Notice what it says in Ephesians 4, verse 29. It says, now, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but rather that which is good for the use of edifying, that it might what? Now, you know the scripture. I want you to think about it. That it might minister grace. So what he's saying is essentially this, is you have the power as a believer to release the life of God into another person, grace, so they become empowered by your connection with them, or you have the power to defile them by speaking negatively. And he's saying, let no corrupt communication. Don't let your words be negative because you'll defile people and set them back. But rather, choose to speak words that bring grace and build people up. And he says, that way you won't grieve the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons so, few, so many Christians are not strongly empowered is simply this. They keep grieving the Holy Spirit, making them sad. He's there when you went, wherever you went, he was there with you. Whatever you said, he heard you say it. And, and the Word of God says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, choose good words. You may not feel like it, but just zip the lip. Zip the lip. Tell someone next to you, zip the lip. That's Come on, unless you're going to speak some good things. <laughs> it's time to speak honestly, but you have to zip the lips. So we, so we can choose. So here's the thing. Three, here's two things I'd like you to consider doing. Number one, start speaking to yourself. Now that sounds crazy. Doesn't it? Speak to yourself. Everyone's talking to themselves. You're listening to yourself talk all the time. But choose intentionally to speak to yourself. Here's some things you can do. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues, you're speaking the words of God, your spirit becomes energized. That has to be good for you. I love speaking in tongues. I can't do enough of it. Speaking in tongues, you can turn it on and off whenever you want. Speaking in tongues will lift and energize your spirit. It's got to be good for you. It's got to help you, strengthen you. Here's the second thing you do, speaking to yourself. Start to speak God's word over your life. Speak his word over your life. Don't make it general. 
you know, I am blessed. Well, that's great. That's a start point, but don't stop there. Get it down to specific. Today, I am blessed in my decisions. Today, Lord, you are leading me in right paths. You're leading me in the paths that I'm taking. You are helping me make good decisions. And even bad ones work out together for good. Get the Word of God and speak it. Apply it to some aspect of your life. I remember one guy that was working in law. And, and every day when he would go to work, he would say, Thank you, Lord. You are speaking to me and giving me the ability to speak and to see to the root of the problem and bring wise answers. You become known for seeing to the root of the problem, bringing wise answers. So speak God's word over you. Here's another thing. Prophesy over yourself. Speak in the spirit over yourself. Ezekiel was told to prophesy to dry bones. You probably know some. Maybe you are some. So if you're dry, speak to yourself. David used to speak to himself. He'd speak to, he said, this is what he said. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? He's talking to his soul. Why is he talking to his soul? Because he's down. So where's he talking from? His spirit. So your spirit has a voice. When you speak in tongues, your spirit is giving voice. But you can arise in your spirit and speak to your soul and speak to your body. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You can speak to your heart. Direct your heart. Speak to your body. I speak to my body and soul every day and my spirit man. Spirit, rise and come to the lead. Be filled today. Pray in tongues. And trust the Holy Ghost to come and fill me. Speak into my soul. Speak into my body. Every part of my body. Speak health and energy and life. Why not? Why not? Why, why would you not do that if it clearly is something God said is a way you can build life? Death and life in the power of the words. Why not speak to your own body? Speak words into your body of life. Live, live, live. Speak into your body. Speak life into it. Arise in your spirit. So you can speak to yourself in a way that shifts. And here's the other way to speak. Speak over your circumstances. God said to speak into the storms. Most people have a whinge. Storm comes. What's my response? A whinge of unbelief. (laughs) You don't know. That the very storm you're facing was an answer to a prayer you prayed. God, I want to grow stronger in you. (laughs) Where's God? Why did no one love me? You know. All that pitiful stuff comes up out of your heart. It's pitiful. Especially being a believer for a long time. That's what we are, believers. Believers, you know. <laughs> Believers. Come on. Speak into your circumstance. Arise. Begin to speak. Arise in your spirit. Speak in a, then begin to speak God's word. Speak to mountains in your way. Speak God's word. Grace, grace, grace. This shall turn to my good. This shall turn to my good. All things are working together for good. Speak to that, problem. I command you to depart in Jesus' name. Learn to speak, speak, speak. Use your voice. Practice speaking God's word. And then speak to others. Speak to others encouragement. Speak to others encouragement. Edifying, imparting grace. How good is a word in season? It refreshes the soul. It really does refresh people when you get a word. Bring a word of encouragement to people. Someone comes on your mind or heart, speak something that lifts them up. Come on, you can do it. These are simple things to do. 
Ask God to give you prophetic words. Ask God to give you something to encourage them. Say, oh, well, I haven't got much. Stop that bleeding, whinging. Come on. Arise inside. God gave you a spirit. No doubt about that. And there's another promise of God. He said, the gifts of the spirit are given to all men. Every believer. So I can say today, thank you, Lord. I wait upon you. Your giftings will flow through me sharply and accurately. Thank you today for prophetic words. Thank you today for words to help, words to bless, words to build. Thank you for bringing people into my life. They're all ready for it. In other words, here's the thing you do, is you shape your world with things you speak intentionally. All the gifts I flow in, I intentionally speak them into being over my life. Most days. Most days. So you say, what would that look like? I mean, say, well, Lord, I thank you today for the gift of prophecy flowing in my life. Today, I declare I hear your voice clearly, and I instantly respond. Thank you, Lord. You're showing me destinies. You're showing me in people's life the things that you are doing. I begin to lay out what things I'm believing God to flow into in the prophetic gift. In the areas of power ministry, same things. Every day, thank you, Lord, the blind eyes will open, the deaf will hear. As I lay hands upon people, I thank you, lame people walk, sick people get out of wheelchairs. I speak it. Do you see it all the time? No, but I'm not living out of what I'm experiencing now. I'm living for another day. And I'm seeing more of that other day coming near to me. You understand? You see, you're framing your world not by what you see, but what is not seen. If you, if you frame your world or interpret your world out of what you see, you'll always misinterpret. If you interpret your world and respond to your world out of what God says, you'll have a whole different life. If someone blows up, there's a big problem comes, God, what are you teaching me in this? How do you want me to respond? It becomes another opportunity to learn. It's no wonder David could say, well, he said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How unfair evil, you're with me. You're with me. You're with me. I meditate on that truth. You are with me. I see it. I'm with the sheep every day. You're with me every day. See? And he says, you prepare a table before me. In other words, whatever happens, whatever difficulties come, it's a table of opportunity. So why don't we just close our eyes right now? I'd like you to just think about a couple of questions. I want you to think just how you respond. God's trying to talk into our lives today to shift us. To shift us. So here's the first question. Have you observed negative speaking coming out of your mouth? Where and when and why? What could you do about that? Doesn't mean we don't talk about our struggles and problems with someone. That's an environment for sharing and caring, building connection and support. I'm just talking mouthing off. See? What, in what ways could you speak into your own life to build yourself? Well, what could you do to begin to intentionally build your own life? Speaking into your body, your soul, your spirit, speaking into your circumstances, bringing, speaking God's word over your life. It has to be specific. Don't be general. Get it more specific and try to picture it because your soul can't handle things that, doesn't, that are not concrete. You just say, I'm blessed. That's not going to cut it with your soul. What would blessing look like? Oh, I see people smiling. I see favor. I see God's hand drawing and attracting people, and I'm influencing them. Now, that's specific. 
See, try to be very specific, not general. And what about others? How are you responding to others? Are you intentionally looking to impart grace and empower people? Or are you finding often there's a negative flow in your interactions? Why is that? And what could you do about it? And if there's a negative flow, what does that say about what's in your heart that you may need to examine and to address? You come to a day encounter and that would be a start point. It could be a highlight for you. It could be a time of shifting completely. But it, nothing much happens unless you engage your own heart. Listen to yourself through the next week. What is coming out of my mouth? Am I intentionally building my life and that of others? Or subtly have I lost ground and there's a lot of stuff coming out which is not good? What am I going to do about it? Jesus, I will hold my confession of faith with you. Believing and trusting that what you began, you will complete. And trusting that in spite of weaknesses, lacks, and failures, your grace is sufficient for me. Today I, I receive that grace to change, and I release grace to others. Thank you, Lord. What I'd love you to do, if you feel comfortable with it, is just to pray for someone next to you. Maybe God will put a verse or something in you to just to speak some encouragement to them. Just something that would just strengthen them today. To you it may not be much, but to them it could be a life changer. You don't know if the person sitting next to you has decided, I've had it with God, I'm giving up. And your word could change that. Why don't you just pray for someone next to you? Speak a word of encouragement into their life. I see this in you. I see good things in you. God bless. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Don't forget your visitor to come afterwards and have time in the, uh, the back there. We'll have a cup of coffee for you. Don't forget, if you're coming to the seminar, go to the back to Mary and register. God bless. Have a great day.